Thanks for coming to hang out with us today. Ruck Up Buttercup is a podcast hosted by Deployed Love. We chat about real things that military families deal with and help you to love the call to action. So you know the drill. Ruck Up Buttercup! Hey everybody, welcome back to another girl chat. Today it's just me, Ashley, and Kim. It's really exciting to just have the three of us back here chatting with you guys. So it's obviously February and this is coming out where you guys can listen to it on February 13th. So tomorrow is Valentine's Day. It is Galentine's Day. I hope that you girls are having fun going out and kind of celebrating that relationship because it's also an important relationships in our life is our, our friends. So I hope that you guys do something for Galentine's Day and celebrate your friendships. But today we're kind of talking, these kind of will, I guess, go over into our friendships as well. I think some of the topics may, but just kind of some topics that don't really get talked about very often in relationships. So I'm going to start with one. Ashley kind of brought some along too, and Kim's here to chat with us about some of the things that we bring up. But one of them that I was thinking about is hobbies. So I know that me and my husband have like directly opposite hobbies, things that are absolutely nothing in common. He has kind of joined my hobby, at least one of my hobbies of reading. So he has kind of joined and reads a lot of the same books that I read now, which is great because we have something to talk about, but he plays video games and I don't do it. I hear it in all the spouse groups all the time about like, my husband plays more video games than spending time with me. And so I think hobbies are a big thing that comes into relationships and like comes into play with like communication and how we like deal with our relationships. Yeah, I also think it makes you fail, or at least for me, one of the things that like really bothered me that we were so vastly different in the things that we liked, like we liked different music, we liked different like things going out and doing different things, different movie styles, all that. So, and hobbies were really different too. And so it really frustrated me for like the longest time, like how are we compatible? Like we can literally, like at the time I was just seeing kind of a tunnel, like I was just like, we have nothing in common. And I always questioned it for like years and years and years. And I was like, well, okay, his hobbies have changed drastically from the time that we met in high school till now. And even though his hobbies are things that I might not necessarily want to do all the time, I've kind of like, was well, like, okay, well, I'll try your hobbies out. Like, let's do some of them together. So like, we started going to the range together and we started shooting and I'm like, oh, this is actually really fun. Now, hunting, I'm not into. I might, but I think it's just overwhelming because I have two small kids. But I think that there has to be a give or take. Like, I love how your husband, Sabrina, has, like, started reading with you because you guys do have that thing you can talk about. I think it takes both parties, though, to, like, be willing to try each other's different hobbies out and interest. Because then it can feel like you're always trying to try the other person's stuff and then you don't feel like you're getting that reciprocated on your end. Yeah, I've definitely tried video games. There's been a few, actually, that I've played all the way through with him, which is pretty crazy because they're, like, long story things and they took a long time but I just generally don't have the time it's not the time it's just like the the brain power by the time that we go to play it it's going to be late at night when the kids are in bed because I don't want them yelling over my shoulders it's just that's too much when I already don't really want to do it and so then to like do that at night you're getting like 30 minutes out of me before I'm like I can't stare at a screen anymore I can't do it but I try sometimes. It's just not my thing. I also just don't really, I don't watch TV. I don't like, I'm not really a screen person. I don't like to sit in front of the TV very much. So that's kind of my downfall, I guess, when trying his hobbies. Yeah. I think it's important to note that like, you don't have to like everything that your significant other does. Like, I think it took me a really long time. Like I was just saying, like, it took me a really long time to understand that, to understand that, like, we don't have to have everything in common. We don't have to like everything the same. Like we can be our own individual people and still be completely compatible and enjoy doing things that the other person may not do. And I mean, when I say it took me a long time, it took me probably a solid eight, nine years to just be like, okay, like I don't need him to want to go to a country concert. I say that, but boy, does this boy start listening to 90s country in the last two years. And it's blown my mind. Um, but like I said, too. <laughs> it is. Well, and I was just like, I love 90s country. Like it's my favorite music to listen to. And I'm sitting going like for years, for years, I've been like, let's go do this. And you're like, no, no, no. And I, it's important that, I mean, we all grow. We all grow in ourselves throughout the years. We're not the same that we were 
I mean, some of us are not even the same we were a lot a year ago. So finding new hobbies, like even if you find one thing to do with your significant other, I think that is just a great way to kind of spark something new in your relationship or trying something new and seeing if that's something you like is also a great way to be a little different and bring a little, I don't want to say spice. I mean, you could bring some spice in a hobby into your relationship through a hobby, but I just say that we bought dragon masks for foshing. <laughs> if you know the books that I read, well, not but <laughs> I was like, well, you know what we could use these for? <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I mean, like we're, I've, you know, over the years, Jamie's come really into like, um, marksmanship and going to the range and shooting competitions and hunting and and I get the appeal like I get the appeal so I'm like okay I get it and like you know finally you know we, we went to the range last weekend together and I was like this is fun like why can't we do more of this like you know you're having fun I'm having fun the kids are having fun like why we should do this more often and just communicate that like if you find something you both enjoy make time for it in your relationship yeah Kim, what do you guys do? That Do you have hobbies that are same or? We don't actually. We are very different as well. He, But his hobbies have changed too. I find that the differences have made us better over the years because he's willing to try something that he may not like that I do. And sometimes it's surprising and he likes it, like cooking classes. We've tried a few of those and he really likes them. Now at home, he doesn't cook. So <laughs> he grills. I think that the point of it is, is that you're willing to try something or to do your spouse's hobby. It shows them that you're still interested in them and you want a better understanding of what they like and enjoy and that you want to share that with them. And my husband loves yard work. He will work outside all weekend, every weekend, and it's exhausting. But sometimes I've learned that it's just the presence of me even sitting out there or after he's done going out there and being like, oh, this looks really great because I don't want to be outside doing yard work every weekend. I was going to say, can I just sit in a lounge chair with a drink and just watch yeah. doing yard work? Like that's, that's my type of like yard work right there. Well, and sometimes that's all it that's all it takes you know if he's playing a video game sitting down in the same room and reading a book if he's bothering you with the noise and putting your headphones it's just about trying to be in the same room together and still making that connection yeah that was kind of like one of the things that I brought in was like you know how to like better communicate with your partner I see a lot of people posting and this and this can go across the board this doesn't even have to be like military lifestyle related but like communication is a huge topic that I see across the board and like you know what are some ways that you guys like make time to communicate like better because and I think we've all struggled with communication with our significant others like you know during deployments it could be really good it could be really bad before deployments um, usually can be really tricky for some families. What do you, what do you guys have that are, I have a couple tips, but I'll, I want to see what you guys. Um, I think the one thing that I do a lot of is we actually just text each other. Um, even when we're home, I think that it just allows us to have an adult conversation that's going on continuously when the kids are around. I mean, because we homeschool, the kids are always here. We don't really have a chance besides at nighttime because his schedule to even sit and talk. So we just kind of text all day long. And I think that that works for us because that's how we do it when he's deployed. That's how we do it when we're separated for any reason. So it just, I think we can also express ourselves a little bit more when we're having fights and stuff, when we're texting, because we're not, when you get your face to face, it's just, it is so much harder to communicate that way for me, I think, just because we both kind of shut down. And so then it's a lot better for us to just be like, okay, we're going to separate rooms. Let's chat it out over Snapchat or whatever until we're both feeling a little bit better because otherwise it I don't want to start a yelling fight. Like that's just not something I want to do, especially with the kids around if we're having a conversation like that. So for us, it's texting. I love that you say that because I'm really similar. I don't get like emotional, but like when I get really, really like frustrated, like I cry. So then it looks like I'm emotional. Like I just get so frustrated that like, that's just how my body reacts to it. And so I communicate very differently in an argument than than Jeremy does. And so he kind of just sits there 
and it's really quiet and it's really frustrating. So like we started doing that too. Like we'll just take it to like, like we'll both go kind of to our separate rooms. Like he'll come upstairs, I'll go to the bedroom. And then like, we just kind of like write it out and it's easier to not point fingers or obviously like you want to have that face-to-face, you know, communication, but you know, finding what works for you is key. Like, you know, don't, don't try to have a conversation when you're exhausted because, or overwhelmed because a, it's not going to be a successful conversation. And I'm saying that like, you know, this week we had the conversations when I was just like bone tired, like Claire's been sick and I've been staying up late and I'm just like, I'm frustrated. I'm not mad at you. I'm frustrated. I need to take a break. I'm just going to the bedroom. And that's all I had to do. And knowing that your cue and his cues are going to be different when you're frustrated. So figuring out what works for you is, is, is key. Yeah. For us, we talk, we I don't like to do text because I feel like a lot of stuff can get misunderstood, especially when you're angry. And sometimes I don't put my thoughts into the words (laughs) the right way. And so it seems like I'm frustrated about stuff. It's better for us to just talk. And sometimes that's just listening. It, It doesn't matter if he's replying to what I'm saying, as long as I know that he's hearing me at that moment. And then the same way for him sometimes. And then it's like you said, Ashley, sometimes when you're angry, that's not the time to talk. You just table it and you come back because when you're frustrated or upset, you're going to say stuff that you don't really need. And then that's when it starts to really damage your relationship is when you're saying stuff out of anger and then you go back and you try to say, Hey, I didn't mean that, or I'm sorry, but you've said it and it's already it's there it's been put out into the atmosphere and so it's something that's just going to kind of linger with your partner yeah I I agree with tabling but I also like you you have to make sure you have that conversation at some point I'm the worst when it comes to that like I'm the worst is like table something and then then we never like sit down and talk about it when we've like calmed ourselves down or or had a communication like you know we, and that's a lot to deal with how we like, I I don't like confrontation. I'm not, I don't like confrontation to the point, like, especially with my husband, because like, I know he does so much and I know I do so much that, you know, sometimes I'm like, it's just better to let it go. But then I also have a very hard time letting things go. Like I let them go, but then they end up just kind of like bottlenecking. Like it wasn't an issue, but then something else happened and then it became an issue again. So I think it's really important to, you know, I've I've been working on this like the last couple of years. It's like, hey, hey, like I'm walking away right now. We can talk about this later. Like having that like, hey, okay, let's go do a date night. Let's let's talk this out and then have a great evening or something like that. Like, you know, where we can have like a cordial like conversation about it. You know, we've both been able to think about it for a couple of days and then be able to kind of put our words together the way we want them to be and not where we're like not getting our point across because we are frustrated. Usually I feel like once you get the kids in bed or the next day when you can go and have lunch or dinner, because you don't want to sit there and wait too long because then it, it's not going to get to the root of what the real problem is. Because by then you've already thought of all this other stuff that you want to put into that conversation and it's not really going directly to what you need. So for me, I'm more of a, let's figure it out. Let's talk about it. And a loud person. So me and my husband will go back and forth and we're loud, but we're not screaming at each other. Now there's points where we get into like real arguments and it's like, okay, he'll walk away or I'll walk away because we know at that point, neither one of us is in the right mind to even hear each other. But you have to talk. That's the thing. If your conversations are heated, that's okay. It's okay to get heated conversations, but it's when you start getting emotional and irrational and you take it to a different level. Yeah. And I think it's important to like say as well that like your feelings are valid. Like if you are upset because I, you know, one of the topics that I see a lot of people talk about are how service members before a deployment become 
really angry and like distant and they don't necessarily communicate in the best way because they're starting, you know, it's typical. A lot of service members will start pulling back to prepare mentally for deployments. And so um, Jeremy does this, like he will be so focused on deploying and like, you know, and all you want to do is spend those last couple weeks, couple days with, with your person and doing things and, you know, having as much time with you. So you feel that they don't care about your feelings, but in reality they do. They're just mentally preparing themselves. It's okay to say that. It's okay to say, Hey, I don't like this. I don't like, why are you not talking to me? Why are you not communicating? Have that conversation, like bring it to light because guarantee you, they're probably not even thinking about like how that's affecting you. Like that's where you have to learn your spouse because if you're taking those emotions personally, and this is like the second or the third or the fourth time of them doing it, that's learning your spouse. You can tell them that this is, you know, hurting me or this is, I don't understand, but you have to let them go through their emotions too. Your emotions are valid. Absolutely. But his are too. So you have to make sure that you find a balance in understanding that as well, because a lot of spouses will get towards a deployment and they're stressing. They're worried. Okay. He's about to leave. We need to connect. We need to do this. And they get overwhelmed and they start overthinking and they start over processing stuff. And so then mentally it's, it's exhausting. Not good for them either. So they need to chill out as well. So yes, their feelings are valid, but they also need to, make sure that what they're feeling is not overwhelming yeah and creating more chaos in their life yeah my one of my favorite times to communicate with my spouse is during deployments or when he's gone for extended period of time and that's just because like I think it gives him a, an opportunity to kind of reflect on our relationship and like how much, like you know he sees why I get frustrated like where a lot of our arguments come from like you know like I am normally a sole parent like you know I do everything whether it's school doctor's appointments after school activities um I'm the one that stays home when the kids are sick so when he's gone and he's kind of out of that mindset I you know he becomes much more like you know I hear you I I you know I was thinking about you know we talked about this before I left and you know I I hear you let's try this or let's do this or it's one of my favorite times to communicate with them because we're able to really focus on communication because that's what you're doing you only get to communicate with them at certain parts during their time that they're gone so you are trying your very I guess like I guess you're trying your hardest during that time and it's weird because I feel like when they're home we do tend to put a lot of especially if you have kids like you're putting a lot of your like relationship priorities to the side when you're focusing on a hundred different things and so I think it's you know if you communicate better when they're gone trying to implement those things when they're home yeah I think that's what it is is we we're so busy in our day-to-day when they're here that when they're there in the house you're expecting them to just pick up and do chores you pick up and do whatever it is they're supposed to be doing around the house and so you're not like having that chance to just talk about things when they're deployed you're talking about like hey this is what happened with the kids today this is what I did at work today this is and it's very much more like trying to go over all the topics versus like I'm mad that you didn't do the dishes I'm mad that the kids were fighting it's just kind of a review of the day so your communication is a lot more like wanting to communicate wanting to talk about things and not just hey you did this we didn't do that we didn't get this done and that's a lot of conversations come down to in a busy work week you kind of just you have those few minutes in in between things that your kids are in or in between work and whatever and so you don't communicate as well because of that I feel like too when your spouse is home you know you tell them okay this happened today this happened today and they're here. So they, they're like, okay, in their mind, they're thinking, what can I do to fix? What can I do to help? Because this, it feels to them that we're asking them to do something that we're asking them to help in more ways. And when they're deployed, they know that they can't. So I feel like they hear us a little better because they're not thinking, okay, well, I need to do this now. I need to do that now. 
uh, kids aren't behaving. So I sense. need to help mom, you know, do this, do that. So I feel like when they're gone, they are like, okay, I'm, you know, I can't help you. And I hear what you're going through. And there's a little more, you know, respect and consideration there versus when they're sitting right in front of you and you're like, he got an S on his test today. And they're like, okay, well, did he study? No, he didn't because I've been doing X, Y, and Z all day. So I feel like they hear us a little better. Now that's not every deployment. Every no, it's time not. It's the not guys do time. get busy. Yes, they so do. If they tell you it's not a good time, it's not a good time. Wait for them to call another time because they're not going to hear you, and then it's not going to do either of you any good. Also, like during deployments, especially with communications, like you know, everybody's different. Um, we've talked about this before. Where I like to be in the know, like I like to know what's happening. It helps me be able to communicate with my husband better because he is not an emotional person. He doesn't like you can tell when he's upset, but he doesn't like express it. So I like to be in the know. Like I, I watch the news. You know, he tells me what what's happening when he can. But there are people who don't like that, and so. Um, when your service member is really quiet and shut down and isn't communicating, it's probably not you. It, it's They have a lot that's going on and they may want to communicate with you, but you may not want to know that information or they may know that you, you he can't tell you that information because it may make you worry or stress or uh, become overbearing is not the word I want to use, but become a, another issue that that person has to worry about while they're deployed. They have to worry about how you are coping and things like that. So it's really important, like Kim said, like to know, A, your communication styles. Everyone has different communication styles. Like, you know, me and Sabrina both like texting, like writing it down, being able to like show it. Kim was saying that she likes to actually verbally talk it out. I get flustered. So like verbally talking out, especially when I'm still upset about a situation isn't a go, especially with my husband, because he just has a stoic face. And then I just think that he thinks what I'm saying is stupid. So then it just makes me upset. And that's, that's just his personality. And I've learned that over the years. And I learned that, okay, if I want to get what I want across in a very clear cut, less dramatic way, like I know I have to write it out. But I do know that like being able to communicate with my husband when he was deployed was, was good for both of us. Like when he was going through bad things, it was, it was good for us to talk about it because it helped him like decompress, but not everyone's that way. So you have to know how to communicate with that service member and what you're capable of knowing and learning. Well, let me ask you a question. So when you write things out for yourselves to send, do you read them before you send them? Yes. So I type it out. So does that make you go back and actually look at what your feelings are and how you're well I'll change it to where like you know like you know I really try not to do like accusatory like you did this you did this you do this like I try to put like this made me feel this way so when I'm in the heat of the moment I'm very like accusatory like I'm very like you did this and this made me mad you know, when I write it out, because I'm like, I'm even the type of person, like if I have like a, a conversation with someone beforehand, I practice that conversation in my head over and over and over again. Nine out of 10 times, it doesn't come out the way I practice it, even though I practice it like 10 times. It's just, it's just, that's how I do it. Like, I don't, like, I really don't like confrontation. Like I, you know, like I can handle certain things, but like when it comes to trying to get my feelings across and making sure that my feelings are heard, and not received with like, well, I don't care type of attitude. It's easier for me to write those down and put them in a way that like, it's not a you problem. It's an us problem. Um, right. Like, but what I'm, is- my point of, of saying that is that if you are a new spouse and you're going through a deployment or you're go, you're, you don't know how to talk to your spouse this may be a great tip for those newer spouses to sit down and write it and then reread it and make sure that oh, what you're doing is actually yeah. what you're portraying in those messages. Yeah. yeah. If you want to talk it out, go write those feelings down and make sure that we're women. We get super emotional and we can overthink and overprocess. So if we can bring it back and make sure that we're not over communicating some of our feelings 
I think that our spouse will respect us more and be more compassionate in what we're trying to get back to them. So writing it out may be a great idea for some people. If they, if they're looking for ideas on ways to communicate with their spouse. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if you do come at it fully emotional, they're not going to hear you. They're just going to see like, Oh, she's throwing a fit about whatever now, because she's mad about everything all the time. And I know I do that. Like, I know that there are points in the day where I'm just like, okay, I'm leaving. Like I'm so over everything right now. And I just, I'm like, I can't handle the kids. I can't handle you today. Mm -hmm. And we do. We get because super you're emotional. overstimulated. You're yeah. overstimulated. Oh, absolutely. All well, and you have to communicate that. Like, you know, I mean, I'll, you know, we've been dealing with a lot of behavioral issues with 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 our oldest, and um, and it's spilled over. You know, it used to just kind of be at home, but now it's kind of spilling over into school, and it's become really, really frustrating on my part because. I handle everything like and I mean everything like if I died in a car accident tomorrow like my husband like I honestly think he only knows where they go to school because we drive by it every single day like if he like that's just how busy he is right now in his in his career in the military is he's just so busy he has a very busy demanding job and you know and I know that but at the same time like you know I texted him the other day and I was like look like I don't know what to do anymore. Like I am, I'm overwhelmed. I'm frustrated. I am extremely tired of feeling like I am the last thing that you think about, you know, I'm tired of feeling judged because, you know, I am always constantly like, you know, getting onto the kids and the house is never clean enough and things like that. And, you know, they may not mean it, but they come home and make snarky comments or like, we'll walk in the door and like start picking up toys. And you're like, you're part of this family. Like it shouldn't make me feel like I'm failing at my job, but that's what it did the other day. And so like, I was like, look, like I'm stepping out, like I'm going to go to the bedroom. I'm going to shut the door. I'm going to go read my book. I don't want to talk to anybody. And I learned that in the past, I'd get really upset because you would think that they would just come home and help you. Like Sabrina was saying, like, you know, come home and help, but usually they just sit there. They need to unwind too. But you're expecting like when they come home from the school day, or the end of their work day, that they're coming in to fill in as a parent. And that's not always the case. So it can be really frustrating. His response back to me was, I got upset with him because it was Thursday night. Thursday nights, we have scouts. And I had called him and I was like, hey, will you be home before scouts? Can I leave Claire with you? And he's like, I won't be home. I was like, not a problem. She can come with me. We get we get home at like eight o'clock. He still wasn't home. So I was super mad because nowhere during that entire day did he communicate with me that he was going to have a late night at work. Not once. Not say, hey, when I called him at, at 530 or hey, during the day, like, hey, the guys are at the range. I'm going to be here late. Um, so I was like, look, like, I don't think it's hard a lot for me to ask, like for you to send a quick text saying it's going to be a late night because I was expecting you to be home to help me with bedtime. And so now I'm frustrated because it's been a long day. I've had a bad day. You've known that you're not communicating. And like, you know, we went back and forth and it's like, you know, I have a lot going on. I was like, I get that, but I do too. And so I think sometimes they forget that, you know, even if we're a stay at home mom, you still have a lot going on. And that just because they go to a, however, whatever your service members hours are, mine are from 4.30 till like 7.30, 8 o'clock at night, um, that they have a lot going on in their plate too. So like once he sent that, I was like, okay, like I get it. I know you have a busy job. I'm just asking for a simple communicate, communicate with me. I, yeah. I get that you're going to be working late. If you just say, hey, I'm going to be late, that's fine. But like, if you had just sent that text, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. And so even if you have those conversations, you'll have to remind your significant other at times to be like, hey, don't forget to just send a quick reminder that you're going to be late or a bunch of things. Like yeah. there's just- Well, it's a good transition bit. into like, how do you guys deal with weird schedules? Because I know that the military is never the same. We're talking not just deployments. That's obviously a weird schedule, but that's something we know that's coming up, but like working late nights or my husband used to work like really, really weird swing shift type things. And now even now is working from one o'clock to 9 PM. So like he's gone, what feels like the most of the day. Um, so how do you guys deal with that? I think I've been to be more independent sometimes. It's, it's great that you need their help and stuff, but I think that sometimes 
we get so focused on needing their help and that we don't plan it out to where we know, okay, this is going to be a long day. So simple text, you you start planning your day out. I, I just think that sometimes we need to be a little more independent on ourselves because I've learned that. I mean, my husband's about to retire. I know that if he's been at work since 4.30 in the morning, that when he comes home at 6, 7 o'clock, emotionally and physically, he's not ready to do some of that stuff. And so for me, I know, okay, I'm going to put the kids to bed. I've got to read the book. I've got to do this. And that may not be the case for moms that are working and also have to go and work a nine to five job and then come home. I, I do feel like sometimes we just need to kind of understand ourselves and our own emotions and prepare that we're military spouses. We're not normal husband and wives. So there's different things that we have to do as a spouse that's harder. I mean, in in all honesty, it's just harder. I'm kind of on that same page where like, I feel like if we know he's going to be working that day, whether he's home in the mornings, but like those days I just scheduled. There are things that if I want to go do it, I'm not going on his schedule. Like if he has to work at one and the event that we want to go to is from 10 to three, we're going to just go without him because I mean, that sucks, but like, I'm not going to change my schedule for your schedule because I still want to be able to do the same things that we are planning on doing. So yeah, he, I literally it does plan- make you independent. Like you just have to kind of like yeah. be your own self. You still have to deal with your kids. You still have to do whatever yeah. they have going on. Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, you know, any of that sports stuff too. So we just kind of, if it's a day that he was working, especially when he, when we were in North Carolina and his schedule was just crap. I mean, we just, we knew that those are going to be, he's going to be working those four days every single week. And we're just going to go do things on the weekend because I'm not going to wait around because he's at work. Like that just isn't. You can't put your life on pause, I guess. For their yeah, that that's my biggest thing is, is we've never, I've never done that. Like, you know, I've always just made plans without Jeremy. And then if he's able to come, he's able to come, mm-hmm. um, which really sucks because like you want him to be there for, you know, especially things like with the kids and stuff. But one thing that I would suggest spouses do is have your soldier request or reach out to your key spouse, FRG leader or anything like that and get the training calendar it's a good tool to have. You'll know that, you know, Hey, like this week they might have an overnight. And then that way, you know, to ask your, your soldier, like, Hey, next week, when is your late night? When is your overnight? So that I can, you know, okay, I have an event that night. So I can either line up a babysitter or I can reschedule because they don't always come home and tell you guys when they're going to be lined up. I mean, there's been so many times where Jeremy last year, I text him, Hey, what time are you coming home from dinner? This is a Monday, uh, Thursday. And I'm like, when were you going to say that you were going to be gone for an entire week into the field? And, you know, it slips their mind. They are so heavily zoned in on things that they don't always think to tell you that. And so having those training calendars will tell you whether it's going to be a late night or an overnight. It won't tell you a specific day because they're not always planned until the week beforehand, but you will at least have an idea to be like, okay, the first week of February, it says one or two late nights. Ask them, which nights are you going to be late? So that way I don't like cooking dinner when Jeremy works late. Like I can make something just for myself. I don't have to sit there and cook a whole meal if he's going to be home late because he won't eat it when he gets home. Like he'd rather just eat a bowl of cereal or something if it's a late night. So well, just, just having, remember, they don't always know that either. Like I know my husband, I'm like, Hey, what time are you going to be home? I'll be home at five. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. Well, I'm making dinner an overnight or a late seven night. o'clock. I'm like, where are you at? And he's like, Oh, I'm still like caught up doing this work. I'm trying to get out of here. Sometimes they don't know. So you got to give them a little grace on that too. Yeah. Cause and those things are happen. And that's where you have that communication saying like, hey, like, you know, you're normally, I mean, it's different. Like my husband works really late hours, but most of the junior soldiers, E1s through E4s, they're normally off at a fairly early hour. So your soldier is normally home at four. At 3.30, you can always be like, hey, are you going to still be home on time tonight? And if they're like, no, it might be later, then you kind of know. But those overnights and those late, late nights as trainings, things like that, those are usually on the schedule. Obviously, like if something comes up, like, you know, equipment's missing, things like that, that can cause a late night that no one expects. But I think just have that communication and just have that communication. Like, it's just a matter of respect. Like, just respect my time. I'm respecting your time. 
I want to make sure you have a hot meal when you come home or we have a parent teacher conference. Can you make it? No, cool. Then I can do it by myself. Like making sure that they're aware of the things that you're already handling, but also have the opportunity to go to too, I think is important. Cause I know like I tend to just do things without telling Jeremy and just be like, yeah, we're doing this. Yeah. The hardest shift that Dustin was on was nights and he would be on nights for three months at a time. But we just learned that when he's on nights, he was unavailable. Like, because he was going to work all night, he was going to sleep all day. We were just, there was no chance. There might've been an hour or two before he'd go to work that we might get to see him, but it was always middle of the day because the kids, you know, we're at homeschool events. We're out. Like, we don't want to be sitting at home at one o'clock in the afternoon, just because that's conveniently the hour you're awake before you go to work. So we always knew that on night shifts, it was like, this is our time. We're just going to plan accordingly, I guess. And you know, sometimes you get off or whatever and we'd be there, but even on his days off, he was still kind of on a night shift schedule. So he would just kind of didn't plan yeah. to do anything with him in the morning. So we'd go to the library or do whatever so that he would, then we'd have the afternoons to do whatever with each other. I think my biggest point for this conversation though is military is unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Like you can have a training schedule and it can go out the window. So don't get so focused on what they are saying this is expected for this week because it could change at a drop of a dime. So you got to learn to kind of move things around and shift and know that things change. I mean, you could PCS in the next month (laughs) if that's the case. So you just got to remember military is always something. Yeah. So the next little topic that I have on my list is relatives. So we've kind of talked about mother-in-law, <laughs> father-in-law, like we've talked about that in the past and that, but that's not the only relatives you're going to have to deal no. with. You know, you're talking siblings, maybe the crazy cousin. <laughs> I, you know, this has been a conversation that I, or a topic I have seen a lot about too, is like relations, especially like when it comes to like, you know, why are you not coming home for Thanksgiving? Or why are you not coming home for Easter? Why are you not doing this? Or why are you not visiting? Or can't he just like, oh, hey, we have this planned. Can't, can't, can't you guys come? Like, can't you just take off like a normal person? And if you're not in a military family, I mean, I'm a military family and I still deal with this. Like my entire family has had somebody within the service on every side. And so I deal with this, like, you know, like, oh, we really wish you guys could come. And I'm like, well, yeah, we wish we could too. But like, it's an eight hour drive for two days. Like, that's not feasible for us with two small children. You know, where are we going to stay? Like, you know, we have to drive and we have to pay for hoteling and we have to, you know, it's not something that is super feasible for people to do. And um, I've seen so many people comment about like how their families don't understand the lifestyle, like why people can't just, you know, we have a wedding in June for my cousin and I'm fairly sure that Jeremy is not going to be able to go, but like, I don't want to tell him yet because he's hoping to go, but we won't know until like maybe two weeks before the wedding or whether or not he's going to get to go. And that's just unfortunately how, and even those two weeks, I, last minute they could be like you can't go because he's on IRF and they aren't going to be on a travel restriction and they just don't understand that they don't understand that your soldier can deploy in a matter of two hours I think yeah, or, it definitely doesn't really matter if they're military family or not because my dad he'll just be like oh I'm coming to your house which he's already doing that for this year I'm coming to visit you x it'll be sometime between x y and z days hopefully Dustin will be able to come with us when we go on a travel and I'm like well, A, you haven't even given us a date, so he can't request it off with you just saying it's going to be within this month. Like, okay, vague. And then I'm like, but also he is on now, he's on salary again, back to normal, but basically like the army where he has to request leave. He can't just like take off. He has to still do a certain amount of hours a month or take, use, you know, paid leave. And I'm like, it's not going to be the same. My mom was a military spouse for 20 plus years. My, mom, my dad was a soldier. So like he should know and this she's stuff. like the worst offender. She drives me bonkers because she's just like, they live four hours away. We have a family business. I do a lot for the family business. And like, there'll be times where she's like, okay, I need you to come up. And I'm like, okay, are you going to come here and take care of the kids so I can go do that? The kids are in school. Jeremy can't just take off 
for me to come up for a buying event or something like this has to be planned. I have to either contact his mom to come stay with the kids to make sure that, you know, she can get them to school and home from school. Cause I was like, do you not remember the life of being a soldier spouse? Like, do you not remember this at all? Cause like, I remember my dad never, it's not always the best memory. Like (laughs) they're not like, I mean, I'm sure she's blocked all this out because I'm just always like, like she'll say something and I'm like, I mean, yeah, like, I'd love to do that. But, like, do you not remember how hard? I mean, now, granted, my kids are young. Like, I honestly think a lot of things would be a lot easier if they were a little bit older. I mean, they're still really young. And so having to, because I'm responsible of so much, like, I can't just, I just can't do that. Like, that's not how this works, mom. And I was like, also, he's on a two-hour recall. What happens if he gets recalled? And he has to be at work in two hours. I'm too far away. I have to really plan this out. So thankfully this year we have, you know, my mother-in-law is retiring. So it's like a lot easier to plan help and things like that. But, you know, not everybody has that help. Not everyone has family close by to do that. So, well, my kid, my family with, it comes down to the homeschooling. They're like, oh, well, if Dustin can't get off, you could just come with the kids. I'm like, I What makes you think that I want to do that? I don't want to come spend two or three day long trip drive across the country to you with just my kids. I don't want to do that. Yes, I could. I'm a stay-at-home mom. Yes, I could up and leave. We homeschool. But no, like that doesn't mean that I want to do that. My biggest frustration is like they always want you to come to them. And it's just like you do that. But then I do that for my family in Tennessee. And then I go and no one's taken off work. Or they still have all their plans made. Like the last time I went, my sister still went off and went to a uh, party at the lake. And and I'm just like, I'm here for three days. You've known about this for six months. I planned this so that way we can spend time with you guys. And you guys were just kind of like off doing your thing. And I think I think about it differently because like when people come to visit me, like I make sure I have the time. Like, okay, like they're coming. I'm going to take off or we're going to do something together as a family, things like that. But most, most of the family members expect you to come see them and then they don't really ever want to come see you. And so I think that's a very frustrating thing. Travis's family is the same way, but even after 19 years, Travis's family sometimes will call and be like, Hey, I want to go do this. And we're like, okay, cool. Like we'll plan for the family to take and do and go. No, we just want Travis. I'm like, oh, no, oh, I no, would be no, so no. Mad. I would no, be, no. I, no, I'm so glad that yeah. neither of our family so, does that. Travis's sister thinks that he should just be able to pack up after a deployment and come and go on like a week long camping trip with her mm-hmm. and the other, and the other no. brother. No. And I'm like, no, we all have family. Like we're family. We are a unit. If my husband we goes somewhere, we go somewhere. And so it frustrates my husband because he's like, why do I want to go? And he's kind of ignorant about it, but he's like, why do I want to go and spend a week with the family that I was given and not the family that I chose? (laughs) Yeah. And I'm glad that he like says that because like there are service members who will do that. Like, I mean, I've seen so many comments. And I'm just like, that's not, that's not how this works. If you are married, you are a family. That is a family you chose. They are part of your unit. God, that blows my mind. Like, I mean, yeah. I don't know why it blows my mind because I've seen it so many times, but like, what is wrong with people? Like, yeah. People don't let like, family members run you over. That's the biggest yeah, thing. That's the biggest thing. Like, don't let them run you over. You can tell them no. Like, I learned that the hard way. I tried for years and years and years to like please everyone. Like, I try to make sure we got home. I tried to, you know, all of our block leave was used to visiting family. And I, I kind of put it into that. Um, when we moved back to North Carolina, I was like, no, you know, our block leaves visit family. Like we'll visit his parents and my parents, but they're within four hours. And those are like the extent of it. Like, you know, block leave date. We're not going to visit other people and just sitting at someone's house and th- not seeing them. Like it's a waste of our time. It's a waste of our time. I'd much rather plan family vacations for us to go do. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if yeah. it's just because we're getting older I'll and that's that just too. like yeah. the mentality because I just feel like we... If people want to come visit us, I will set all my time aside. I will plan it. We will yeah. have a good time. Like, yep. but I shouldn't be the one that always like. I feel like we go to Colorado every single year, and it's like we shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, yeah, just because that's central to where most of my family is doesn't mean we should have to spend our money 
and it's expensive. No matter where you live, it's expensive to travel because your hotels, gas, food, snacks, like all the stupid things. Add up. Pet, like, you know, you're paying for yeah. a pet sitter and you know, like I said, I, you know, this spring break, we're not visiting any family. We are going to Washington DC for like a family trip. And we told everybody that we're like, we're not visiting everybody. Last year, we didn't visit anybody. I took the kids to Gatlinburg because Jeremy was gone. And I was like, we're doing trips. If you want, we went to Gatlinburg. My family lives 45 minutes away. I text them and I was just like, hey, we're in Gatlinburg for three days. Feel free to come see us there. Did any of them come and see us? No. Yeah. The older I get, the more that I've been in the military as a spouse and stuff. I found like in the beginning, we would go and visit his family or my family. We would do all this stuff. And I kind of regret that because we didn't really do anything. We just sat there. And then now I feel like we don't necessarily go visit family anymore. I visit my friend that PCS'd and I'm like, Mm -hmm. when are you on break? Because we're on break. So we go and visit our other military military families that have become friends that have become more than that their family and so I find myself trying to book Thanksgiving with them versus going back home and being frustrated the whole time because my mother-in-law buys store-bought pies and I like to bake (laughs) them and she thinks that the store-bought pies are better and it's too much so yeah I do regret always going back home and not doing more trips for us or trips with friends so just kind of of keep that in mind you know listeners if this is something and I think when we were younger we were more guilted into coming home during those breaks just because like you know we were further away and things like that there were there were trips where I visited family especially when my grandparents were still living that like I cherished they were like the only ones that really made time for us like when we came to visit and so I, you know, like I don't mind visiting my in-laws for like Christmas and stuff like that because it's a family affair, but they're, they're really the extent of it, of visiting people. Like, you know, I haven't seen my family in Indiana in years, years. And it's just because I don't want to drive there and just yeah. sit in someone's house and do apps. I mean, obviously like I can go plan things, but like I shouldn't have to plan that because, and I think that's just my mentality because like if someone comes to visit me, I'm planning things. Like I'm like wiping my schedule clean and we're like, okay, I'm going to take them here and I'm going to take them there and we'll go, you know, eat here, things like that. So it's okay to say no and it's okay to do your own thing. Like, I think that's really important and it's okay not to feel bad about it because. Yeah, I think that I was talking to my brother the other day and I was like, we live in a really cool place. He lives in Italy too. So like he lives, we both live over here and it's like, I have no plans to go back for the rest of the year. Like I, I'm not going to spend my money to do that when I'm here. And the whole reason we're here is because we want to see all these places. But if I'm planning to budget 5,000 plus dollars to fly home to see people is insane when I'd rather spend and help pay half of my mom's ticket or help pay half my sister's ticket to come out and see me. And then we both are saving money because it's only one person traveling versus all four of us and a dog. Like it, it just, he does the same thing where he's like, how about we both help pay mom to come out at the same time. She can come stay with you for a few days. She can come spend a few days with us. And then, you know, then it's the whole trip is really cheap for her and it just makes more sense. So we're kind of that I would prefer to do. I'd prefer to fly my family to me than have to travel home. But then we do, I, I feel guilty because I do only have one grandma that's left and I, his parents are really old and can't travel. So we don't have that opportunity. So, I mean, we'll feel bad about it, but his parents are really good about like not guilting us about it. Like they know that this is the life that we're living and we're way younger than them because he has siblings that are just much older. He was just kind of the oops baby really far off in the relationship. So they know that like, we're just in a different place in our life where we don't want to be settled down there. We don't want to have to be stuck in one place. So they, they're understanding it's hard, but it, it is what it is, but you don't, there's options. You if family really wants to see you, maybe that's something you'd be like, okay, mom, you want to see me? I'll pay for half your flight here. <laughs> like I'm already paying for you to stay or at my house. A, book a trip with them. Say, Hey, yeah. I want to take my kids yeah. to Gatlinburg. Can you meet us up there? Mm-hmm. Cause then they are taking that time off mm-hmm. to focus on you. So it's kind of a mutual ground of getting to experience. Yeah. Cause I feel like they need to commit to the vacation too. Like if you, like you mm-hmm. say, when you visit and they don't take off time for work, it's super annoying. Like I did that with my mom last time we went home. And she had to work because she was working virtually and she was just in the computer in her room. I didn't have a car. 
I was like, okay, this is cool. Like we're just sitting around your house for hours all day alone. Like yeah. Travis's mom's done that to us. We've gotten there and there's not even milk or cereal in the fridge for the kids. And I'm like, okay, now we have to go grocery shopping. This is fantastic. <laughs> so yeah you're not alone <laughs> I feel like because I mean we all I mean all three of us are talking about how we've experienced this like you you're gonna experience it we're military uh, people will not understand when we can take trips when we can't take trips we you know can only go so far you know we don't want to spend I mean most military service members only get two times a year that they can take like, like a good amount of time off and it's completely fine for you guys to justify that you don't want to spend it with your family. So, and let me just throw this out there too. When you're gone on deployment and you've saved all this money, do not spend it on going back home and doing nothing. Like save it. Don't just go home and and buy your mom a new TV because hers went out or you've worked hard for that money. You and your family have sacrificed a lot. Save the money for stuff that, you're going to need or experiences for you you can invite them but don't just go and take care of mom and redo her whole house well and i and i think that's important that you said that too because you are going to need time to reconnect with your service member especially if it's a long deployment so like going home immediately after it's not really really bad for you like you know it can especially if you don't have a good relationship with your in-laws or your your service member doesn't have a good relationship with your parents or or something like that like it can really you're already going to be kind of walking on ice when your soldier comes home and and that's a good thing and a bad thing it could be a, a various topics that could be kind of like you know the, the, a lot of it goes in like that's a whole nother topic like you know yeah. with the service member coming home but putting yourself in a like I I always suggest that service member families don't come to like homecoming unless they're like within a driving range where they can have their own space but like it's overwhelming for a service member to come home and have a full house of people who want well, to it depends on your relationship well, with your in-laws too well, because yeah. I mean my in-laws are great and I don't mind if they come but like they're also very respectful in the matter of if they come for a redeployment they're only staying one or two days they're not staying a week long like they're staying to say hi and then okay we're gonna do a family like gathering like you know another time so um but they're also like not the type of people who come home every single time. Like if the you know the last redeployment they didn't come, but we met up two weeks later because we knew it was a four day donza that we just decided okay, we won't come down. Let's just meet as a family in the mountains for the weekend and have a whole family reconnect. So it gives Jeremy time to decompress and unwind and catch up on sleep and reintegrate with his kids and spouse. So, like, it's okay to also tell family, like, hey, like, we want to see you. He wants to see you. Can you guys, like, he's coming home Monday. Can you guys come on Saturday and Sunday? Because then he can focus to you. Because I, a lot of people also don't understand that your service member isn't going to have immediate time off. Like, a lot of times they have, like, one day, two days to reset. And then they have to be back at work, depending on when they redeploy. So, we don't want you to waste your time coming here and money because he's not going to be able to see you. So, I mean, and it's different for everybody. Some people like, that's fine. Like we, we get it. We might only see him for three hours. It's worth it. That's fine. Like do you, but know that, I mean, Jeremy usually sleeps the first two days that he's home. Like he usually just wants to lay on the couch, snuggle, sleep and eat all the junk food and food that he didn't have while he was gone. Like that's pretty typical of his coming home. And Usually by day four or five, he's ready to see other people. And so like, we kind of just made it like a, okay, we'll just do a big family gathering on the weekend or something like that. And it really works for us. So like, obviously you have to work, figure out what works for your family. But again, it's okay to tell your family members, hey, I mean, I think it's easier if it comes from the soldier, to be honest, but you know, it's okay for the soldier or yourself to say, hey, you're more than welcome to come. 
but know that he he's not going to be immediately available to just hang out with you. He may have to work several days once he gets home until they have a couple of days where they can have off and kind of explain it to them and not just say no. Yeah, in a nice way you can say well, no, but I think you should it doesn't just pertain to like homecomings either. It's you can say no to them coming for Christmas. Like that you know a deployment's coming up, you just want to have family memories and some time alone, you can tell them no. <laughs> like even if they're planning on coming and you you know, it's nice to have people come visit, but you don't have to change your schedule either for family. So uh, to end, because we're getting close to the end of our time, I'm going to just kind of throw in there, does your spouses have any quirks that we've all been married to ours for so long now, but that like you didn't know of when you went into the relationship or something that like drives you crazy? Mine is my husband. And I don't know if it's just because he's getting old and he can hear me because I know he's home. Um, <laughs> can fall asleep on a dime. I don't get it. And it makes me so mad because every single night I have to spend an hour just sitting there thinking about what we're doing the next day. And I'll just like roll over and he's dead asleep snoring. I'm like, what? how? It drives yeah, me nuts. It naps, me. Like, comes home and naps, falls asleep on the couch. And I'm oh, just yeah. like, mm-hmm. it must be nice just to sleep, like lay down and go to sleep. Like it must be nice that your brain can just shut off. Absolutely. Um, like I do not get that. There's no point in my day where I could just be like, I'm going to take a nap and just fall asleep. He'll be like, oh, like we'll get back from running errands. He's like, oh, I have like half an hour before I have to get ready for work. You want to go take a nap? I'm like, I will not be asleep in 30 minutes. It would take me the whole 30 minutes to try to get to sleep. Like, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think I think that's just a guy thing to be completely honest yeah um, I don't know I took old. a nap before this I was like I've got 30 <laughs> minutes I'm gonna lay down for 20 and I took a 20 minute nap I oh, set an alarm to wake nap. up and come right on the only time I can personally nap during the day is if I am like deathly sick like I am just dead to the world I would love to just sit down and take a nap during the day that would be, that would be actually amazing. I try. Um, like there's days where like on my cycle, depending on where I'm just like super, super tired. I'm like, I'm going to take a nap. But generally it's just like me laying there conscious, completely conscious, yeah. just not moving. <laughs> so I'm like, like, what is wrong? Yeah. Like if I have like a really bad headache or something like that, like I'll go lay down. But like, I don't think I ever actually fall asleep. Like I just lay there in the dark with my eyes closed. My watch will track it asleep sometimes. They'll be like, oh, you were asleep for an hour today. I'm like, no, I know I absolutely was not. So I just kept um, learned how to lay still for a really long amount of time. <laughs> I think my biggest frustration with my husband is, is I'm an extrovert and Jeremy's an introvert. And Jeremy's such an introvert to the point where like, He's gotten better over the years. I think obviously like he gets just tired of my bullshit and just like, we're not doing this, but like, he's the type of person, like when you're trying to have a conversation, he's very like just deadpan. Like he doesn't, he doesn't do facial expressions. So you never know if he's like taking you serious or if he's like even listening to be completely honest because like, (laughs) like deadpan and I'm just like emotion, say something, shrug, tell me no, yell back, do something. I think after I finally was just like, just yell back, just, just do something. Like he started like, okay, like she needs action from me because I'm an animated person and he's just not. So I think like, to me, it's more of a, just a personality thing. And it's cause like he smiles and stuff like that. But I mean, like he's just so stoic that like he comes off being kind of just like everything stupid mentality, not other people. It's just his personality. Like if he doesn't have something in common with people, anything. Like, he just doesn't talk to people. Like, it takes him year, like, a long time to talk to people. Like, yeah, no, I told he said like, maybe took- three words to me ever. Yeah. Like, I mean, I have to tell people, though, like, I'm like, it took him months, y'all, months to say more than hey to me. And even now, we've been married since 2010. How's your day? And I get a shrug. Every, almost never fails. And I'm like, why do I even ask you? Like, why do I even ask, like, how your day is? Like, if I am not so specific with like my my questions, and that's just that's just him. That's just his like he's just he's fine not talking about feelings and things like that. And I'm the opposite. So I think it's more of a like, come on, like just conversation with me about like, you know, you can tell me how boring your day was. Like, you know, I did paperwork and then I went and yelled at my company and because they're big dum dums. Like, I don't really care. Just type of thing. So that's my biggest frustration. But that when you said the sleeping thing too, that one, that's a good one. Because like he literally came home yes the other day knowing that I was upset and I had things to do. 
and fell asleep on the couch and the kids were fighting and I had to come downstairs and I was just like, you're home and I know you're tired, but bedtime is in an hour. Like you can do it. You know, it's funny. I was listening to a TikTok that they were talking about that. Like it, it, a lot of husbands do come home and they, they need to decompress. And I, I, after listening to that part that he was a podcast, whatever I was listening to, it annoyed me because I was like, they were so right on in the money is that, yeah, we need to decompress too. Like we need that moment too. And it was actually a husband and a spouse that were talking about it. And they were like, well, so when I get home, I'm on overtime having to help you. She's like, yeah, so am I. Because when you get home, I'm expecting some help. And when you're not, I'm on overtime having to do extra things and I'm exhausted just wanting someone to help. And I think it's just, we have to learn to suck it up together. We have to be like, okay, Mm -hmm. you're tired. How about you go sit in the bathtub with the kid while I do the dishes or take the kids and go read somewhere quietly while I do the dishes, figure out how you can split those tasks. Or if he's just tired and doesn't want to deal with it, you go do the dishes. I will get the kids to bed. We don't have to deal with it. Both things. Um, but I, we both in overtime, as soon as your hours are up like that, it's, that's when they're supposed to work together. You have to, like, nobody wants to do those last things. I I think that's important, especially when you have kids, because like when you have kids, it's very different than just having like your lifestyle is very different. If you are just a young married couple without kids to a couple that have kids, because you are in so overdrive afterwards, like whether your spouse works full time um or not like you're still having a full-time day job taking care of kids like we're not fooling anybody yourself being a mom especially a stay-at-home mom is a full-time job come at me if you want to I will argue that all day long it is still a full-time job there's still a lot that goes into it and so there are days where like I try to handle everything but there's days where it's okay to just be like okay look I handled it the three nights this week I know you need to decompress but like I did bedtime and I cook dinner three days a week. Can you please handle it this night? And just like Jeremy is that way. Like I have to ask for him to do it and then he'll do it. Where a lot of times you just want them to do it. And I think that's just a communication and like learning how to communicate with your person. Like I want him to just do it. But he's not that type of personality. He's like, I'll do it. We but can't you read have our to minds. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, and I'm like, well, you don't have to read my mind. Like, obviously, like I'm trying to cook dinner and your children are running around making a mess and being rambunctious and you hear me trying to redirect. You can step in. I've learned the last one. I was like, look, like, hey, I cooked dinner or I need to cook dinner. I'm taking care of Claire right now. Can you guys go into the dishwasher? And they did it. And so I was just asking them to do it is it might feel like you're micromanaging them, but like, you're really not. You're just communicating, hey, I need you to do something, not just wait for them to do it because you're just going to continue to wait. For them well, and to you're just going to get madder too. Like yeah. it's not worth getting mad about versus just saying, yo, I need you to do this right now. Like if you're not going to do it, I'm going to get mad and letting them know that like, here's your opportunity. Like yeah. take the opportunity or you're going to get in more trouble. Yeah. So. They cannot read our minds. That's the no. biggest thing is they cannot read our minds. You have to ask if there's something that you want them to do, ask them. If there's a part of the bedtime routine that you want them to do, ask them. If there's something at the store that you want for Valentine's day, <laughs> tell oh. them I would like this because if you're thinking about this and, and doing this, don't yeah. get yourself so worked up. And then when they don't do it, you're so disappointed. Tell them what you want. Yeah, I want a Keurig. And for my classroom, I told my husband yesterday. So we'll see. My frustrations with him, and I guess the older I've gotten, the more that I'm not alone, is the bathroom breaks that take <gasps> hours. Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> come on like I can get up and go and I'm done and out and he's in there for 30 minutes and it's the worst time to be like hey we have have to be at this thing in 30 minutes okay well Uh, I'm in the bathroom no we're not even gonna be out the door in time now and then you're like getting all the kids ready and yourself ready oh and then he walks out of the bathroom and he's like you ready and it's like no I still have to get their shoes on and I have to brush my hair (laughs) Absolutely. I think yeah, they totally so know that mine. they're doing that, that it gets them out of doing things. And it's funny because I've started to notice my son doing similar things, not even in the bathroom, but it's Definitely like, does it too. Throw, throw a fit or something. He'll yeah. do so. He'll do things because he knows it'll get him out of that task because it's a task that needs done right that minute. And it drives me crazy. Yeah. 
my son does it too. So I've already like started preparing him for marriage. I'm like banging on the door. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, you know, success in the future there. (laughs) I like look back and I'm trying to wonder like, did my dad do this too? Or is this like a new phone tech thing? I remember my dad doing this. I remember my dad specifically doing, especially like when we're leaving for trips, like everyone go to the bathroom. We're getting in the car. I kid you not. Every single time we'd get like 10, 15 minutes on the road, pulling into the gas. I have to go to the bathroom. And my mom would be like, you are worse than the kids. Like there are three kids in this car and they're able to go to the bathroom before we get on the road and you can't do it. Like I remember my dad doing this. So like it would never fail on every single trip. Like, and then we would sitting in the car for like 20 minutes because we (laughs) at a gas station. And it was just like, I don't remember my dad doing it. I, I think that technology has made it has worse. made it worse. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, because it can and be on their phone and stuff. In the face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. yeah. 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 That's mine. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I think it's a great note to end on anyways. So thank you we guys still for hanging that. out. You guys are kind of my only adult time right now. I'm still in the process of like making friends. So it's nice to have people to chat with every, it's been like every other week. So that's nice. Um, thank you guys for listening to the show too. I hope you guys kind of, if nothing else, feel like you're not alone in things that are happening in your relationship because relationships, although they're all different, are very similar. And especially in the military, we all deal with a lot of the same nonsense. And so you're not alone. There's people going through the same things. Work on your communication. Look for resources like military one source if that's what you need to to have someone come in and help with your relationship if that's where you're at. So I will make sure that's always in the show notes for things like that. And we will be back with another episode later this month. So I hope that you guys enjoy your Galentines, your Valentines, your relationships with your family, friends, everybody. So have a great month. Rock up, buttercup. <laughs>